Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And today's guest, we have Kyle from Brooklyn Film Camera. Hi, Kyle. Kyle. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Good. It's good to have you back on the show. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. So for our new listeners, do you mind giving them a description of who you are and how you got into photography and all that? I'm Kyle DePew. I'm the founder of Brooklyn Film Camera. And um, man, I got into photography when I was a teenager uh, via VHS <laughs> video. That was that was pretty much my inroad to nice. learning and cool. understanding image. Um, my parents had a VHS camera and I got just totally obsessed with it. And uh, my dad would you know, give me tapes and let me uh, fool around and, and play that way. And that was really the my, my inroad into photography. Since then, it's grown a lot. But uh, that was what got me started. Yeah. yeah I still, my parents still have their uh, VHS video camera. It's like under their bed. And every time I go home, I'm like, I'm going to take this. I'm going to bring this wow. back to LA. Yeah. <laughs> it's like That's still amazing. in the box, like perfect. I'm right. jealous of that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was always the kid that like wish he had the VHS or like just like a camcorder or anything. Like all my friends, like because, you know, growing up in skateboarding and stuff like that like mm-hmm. everybody's always videotaping everything and mm-hmm. i had a buddy he used to put like little skate videos together and like all kinds of stuff and i was always just like man i want one of those right my brother my brother used to do a lot of that as well oh cool but, yeah. cool yeah i so love we, that stuff. the way we would collaborate when we were kids making little skate videos with them good times good times so how did you make the switch over from video to still um i have to kind of track that i mean that happened uh my, my grandfather was uh, a big still photographer and um <laughs> Oh, I used cool. to enjoy looking at his images. He never really, um, you know, chaperoned me through it. He, he wasn't the one to really to bring me into it necessarily. I know for sure when I really fell in love with film, I was playing with it before in high school and things. I had a Polaroid camera and was in love with that and uh, would shoot a bit of 35. But when I went to school, uh, I went to Temple um, in Philadelphia. I became a darkroom manager uh, for a little extra money and just for fun. And that really just sealed the deal. I started um, <laughs> re-questioning everything. You know, I was, I was studying yeah. motion picture at the time with a concentration oh, wow. of cinematography. That's right. That's cool. right. That's what I remember. Yeah. 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 And uh, I just went, whoa, I'm, I'm way more in love with this, I think. There's just such a a beauty to the darkroom process especially but yeah I just at that point uh, for whatever reason you know like I mentioned I, I had gotten into just photography as in the capturing of images through motion picture through VHS mm-hmm. and when I realized how beautiful it could be to just capture still image instead I was I was totally obsessed and just just fell utterly in love with that and uh, that pretty much hasn't changed that's still my main focus <laughs> on my personal yeah. work. So are you are you just doing? I know we, we want to you know we've got we've got a lot of updates on Brooklyn Film Camera, but how did yeah. uh, how how long has that been going on? How long? How did you start that? So Brooklyn Film Camera will be five uh, in April. So next it's crazy. Month. Yeah, it's it's definitely crazy. Wow. This project was started sort of in the immediate aftermath of the Impossible Project uh, closing mm-hmm. their New York City camera department. The actual timeline straddles that a little bit. 
So I guess I'll rewind slightly. So I was working for the Impossible Project from 2011 to 2014. And that was during the you know extreme startup days of the project. It was totally all hands on deck. We were a relatively small team and all of us there were doing a lot. You know, so some of the things we did, we operated a, a gallery out of the New York City space. Um, we had a lot of workshops going on. It was, of course, it was a store as well. So you could come yeah. with customers coming in and buying cameras, buying film. And then we had a camera department. So that was a, a really thriving department. I forget the exact numbers there, but the amount of cameras that we were actually producing out of this small space. I mean, you yeah. should have... Were either of you ever there to see it, actually? No, unfortunately. I had come to New York because I moved to Los Angeles. I never hadn't gone. I used to go to New York all the time to like go to shows, Mm. hang out with friends or whatever, but I never had gotten to go. Then I was back east for something something else, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the possible space that's on the top of my list, and it was like, womp, womp, closed, and I was like, no, I missed it. Uh. (laughs) Do you remember why? No, no, uh, why I was in New York? Oh, no, why why it was closed. Or why it closed. No, I don't. Can you, t- can you tell us? Do you know? I wish if I had a time machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So so I, I worked for them for a few years. The very last thing I did for them, it was, it was kind of funny. There was this. So I, I left to pursue other things, and then a few months later, after I left, I got a phone call, and they said, "Hey, we're we've, we're releasing this thing. It's called the the Instant Lab, and it lets you make Polaroids from your phone." Um, oh, yeah. And this has currently been rebooted as the Polaroid Lab, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which which is a lot better of a device. Yeah. But the Instant Lab was kind of like V1 of this, you know. And so we're going to be releasing this thing called the Instant Lab. And um, we've got some marketing budget together and it's kind of a lot. And we're planning on doing this cross country road trip and we're going to get an Airstream trailer and we want somebody oh, to drive man. this thing cool. across the country and, you know, promote it. And you'll be going to... to photography stores and you know camera shops rather and uh you know dark rooms and music festivals and all these things um do you want to do it and i said yeah hell yeah <laughs> so, what a dream what <laughs> yeah, yeah it was kind of wild and um the funnier part to the story is that so th- this whole thing is being planned out and it's you know there's contracts being signed or whatever and it's like okay let's do this and it was supposed to be me and this guy from from germany um, I forget forget his name, but we had chatted a couple times in preparation for spending five months on the road together. It's a five month journey. Wow! And it was this, it was so a total cool. thing. And about within two weeks of this journey starting, um, I get a phone call, and they said, "Hey, uh, crazy situation, but German guy can't go." Like, do you know anyone who can who can go with you on this trip <laughs> wow. for five months in two weeks? And I said, "Wow, I don't know." Um, and I. <laughs> You know, and then wow. I and then I thought of my brother, and my brother at the time was living in Ohio in a relationship that wasn't going so well, mm. <laughs> and uh, so I called Mitch and I said, "Hey, man, uh, you want to make some money and go on this road trip with me for five months and escape and for said, a little while?" Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I did this trip with my brother, and it was amazing. There, there's a lot to say about that, but maybe that's neither here nor there. But. <laughs> that was the very last thing I did for for Impossible. And um, the gears had been turning in my head a little bit before that, for I'd say about a year before that, about some kind of a business model like Brooklyn Film Camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was on that tour, it really became solidified to me that this was a good business idea, um, something that the world of you know film photography could really need um, yeah. and appreciate. And I started uh, on that trip actually really rounding it out and fleshing it out. And uh, yeah, in total transparency, that that trip paid pretty well. I had a company credit card for meals. I was subletting my New York City apartment out. So I had virtually no overhead. And that allowed me to save enough money yeah. to, to be able to, to start this project. Dude, so um, awesome. Man. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. 
So what is what is Brooklyn Film Camera? Like if people listening right now don't know what that is, what do you guys do? Yeah. Um, so we are a camera shop in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Um, we exist in the physical world uh, as a you know, brick and mortar store. And then we also exist as an online shop. And the majority of our sales do happen online. So that's the primary area of commerce. But we operate almost as a Someone described it uh, as a speakeasy <laughs> a, few mo- a few months back, and I've been really enjoying that description. But we operate out of a studio, and so in order to access the store, you have to come, then you have to call. We come down and kind of let you in, and it, it's yeah, it's a, oh yeah, I like that. You know, yeah, same. In, in, intimate shopping experience or something like that. But uh, we've got the studio really outfitted to be a commercial venue. And we, we actually do a, a ton of sales here. Um, it's kind of wild. Or I should say we we did. Uh, we'll talk about it later. But we're very yeah. affected by uh, the COVID virus right now yeah. and had to close our store. But um, so that's uh, one aspect of who we are. Um, we, in October of last year, launched NYC Film Lab. So this is a fully functioning film lab, also based out of the same studio building. And the lab is just down the hall. And uh, so that lab, the sort of interesting thing we're bringing to to the market with that lab is that we have a distributed film collection network of boxes. Yeah. Talk about that, because those videos are so cool of like going into like the coffee shops and like, <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. drop your film off. I was like, this is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're partnering with um, four different businesses in four different neighborhoods of New York City, uh, so spanning Brooklyn and Manhattan. And we've chosen these neighborhoods kind of carefully because they will A, make up a a clear route for our bike messenger to, to run and mm-hmm. make the pickups. But B, they're also in neighborhoods that have a demographic that sort of suits our, our clientele. Yeah. Um, so there's yeah. one in Bushwick, there's one in Williamsburg, one in the Lower East Side, and one in uh, Chelsea. And it's been working great. Um, that's another avenue of the business that has unfortunately been paused due to COVID. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's yeah, totally offline that. for the time yeah. being. So that's kind of avenue two of what this business does. And then the third thing is we we do photo booths. So we get hired a lot by corporate clients, uh, private clients. We do a lot of weddings, corporate events, um, things like that. And we do Polaroid photos in a very um, yeah, high quality way. So we use cameras uh, that were actually made by Nate Weiss of Option 8. And these are manual lens cameras. We use studio lighting custom backdrops. And, and we uh, will oh, go no to your event and make incredible yeah. uh, Polaroid images of people. And be able to do it in a, a way that's very efficient and uh, very high quality. And we're also the current um, artist in residence at the Whitney Museum of Art, where we do Polaroid 8x10s every weekend. That's awesome, man. You guys are killing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're kind of, yeah, th- this year was a good year. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I feel like so much more is going on now since the last time you've been on the show. Yeah, which is, definitely. Which is very impressive. I'm, I'm really happy for you guys because, I mean, I know how much uh, instant photography means to me. I mean, it is a big part of my my shtick when it comes to photography. So mm. it's, uh, it's really good to know. So, I mean, uh, you guys do repairs and stuff on SX-70s and other Polaroids and stuff as well, right? Actually, yeah. Thanks for putting a pin in that. Yeah. So uh, Julian Pichoneri is our technician. So he worked for the Impossible Project as their lead camera technician for many years uh, before they eliminated that project. Yeah, yeah. He and I are the two oldest employees here at Brooklyn Film Camera. So he manages our entire camera flow. And yeah, we do full restoration service on SX-70 Originals, SX-70 Sonars, and SLR 680s. I need to send this one to you, Kyle. This one's <laughs> <laughs> there you Sorry, go. listeners yeah, who can't it. see, but I'm holding up my SX-70 that the one my dad found for like 10 bucks oh, at a tag awesome. sale. So, you know, it was wow. like... 
maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, and it doesn't. So <laughs> we were supposed to be hanging out this weekend. Yeah, we would we would be there right we now. We would be there right I now. Know. So I was planning on being, you know passing this off directly to you, which is a bummer. That's but right. in the future, we'll be there soon. That's all I keep telling myself and everybody else. Well, yeah. Well, Lomo is rescheduling the show for yes, you know, yeah, some point in the future. So hopefully, we're yeah, we're looking forward to that as well. So you said that COVID has everything shut down. Is that is that how you're yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. doing things right now? Yeah, let's go down the, the COVID uh, yeah, spiral. Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, I mean, the way it's affecting us is is pretty dire. So it's um, the way it's affecting New York City in, in general is, is pretty incredible. It feels a little bit like the calm before the storm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The army is here right now and they're taking oh, wow. over. Yeah, so they're they're taking over uh, hotels and dormitories. Um, they're actually taking over the Javits Center as well, which is where Photo Plus is. So last yeah. time I saw you, Chris, I saw, was, yeah, I know. we ran into each other there. So they're they're building temporary ICU beds, um, basically mm. all over the city, wherever they can. And it's gonna it's gonna get really bad here. The uh, the governor is predicting a three week peak. That's when our our uh, peak will be. So depending on when this goes live, you know, maybe we'll be in the middle of that. But anyway, that's coming. And there's a there's a full, uh, you know, I forget what they're calling it, but a, a I think it's stay at home mandate. Mm-hmm. Uh, LA is already doing that for yep. yeah for being on the streets without purpose. Yep. And all non-essential businesses are forced to close. So that uh, includes us as much as I would like would like to consider this an essential business, you know. For the arts, for the arts. to shoot Polaroid film <laughs> right. to, uh, to survive. So, so yeah, we're, we had to close our doors. The online shop is still open and uh, we've we've put out... Um, you know, a call to folks to, to please support us there mm-hmm. uh, if, if possible. So are you still doing repairs right now? Uh, we're not. So, oh, okay. So I was Julian... like, I'll help out. I'll send this right now. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Julian uh, went home to France to be with his family when this was just beginning. And oh, he is now man. stuck there. Oh, um, yeah. so, so we were down a technician due to border closings. He does intend he's going to come back the moment he can. And we have a, a line of cameras to, to work on. And uh, we, we definitely would appreciate, uh, you know, folks sending their cameras and we, we yeah. will repair them as soon as we can. So keep them coming. Uh, we're, we're queuing them up in the order they're received and we'll process them in that way. Um, but yeah, you know, so we're just um, we're trying to get through it. Uh, one real ray of sunshine upon this moment has been that when this first sort of came to light of how serious this was going to be in New York and uh, non-essential businesses were forced to close, things like this. We went, whoa, okay, this is gonna this is gonna really rock us. And more than the business, the the employees here. Right. Yeah. So there are currently five of us, um, and four of them are, are currently without work um, for the foreseeable future. And that's probably going to be somewhere in the realm of three to four months, believe it or not. Wow. Um <sighs> so yeah, so we we started a GoFundMe and hit our goal within a week. So that, that that's amazing. That is just damn. Yeah, I mean, honestly, kind of mind blowing. We we set it with a goal of four thousand, thinking that would be sort of ambitious, and and people people just totally came out, and uh, it 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 is honestly amazing to to see that. It really, actually, makes me emotional even just kind of talking about it. But it's really a, a powerful thing to see how much people people care. You know, so one of my favorite things about the film community, anytime anybody's in trouble we step up to the plate it feels like so that's good to hear yeah big time big time so yeah that that feels really good and uh it's you know it's not not enough but uh that's going to be really nice for for all the guys who are without work now to you know be able to pay the rent get some groceries and you know try to try to get on through this so so thank you so much to to everyone who's uh who's kicked in yeah and we'll uh we'll push out the gofundme for you as well kyle oh that'd be awesome yeah we did uh yeah we did hit our goal but the uh any donations that come in over that will still will go to to the employees and 
And um, as one <laughs> mentioned, so we were in the middle of planning uh, a huge, we're doing this huge fifth birthday party and we're, we're, we're calling it a celebration of the analog. Um, there's a lot of surprises that uh, I, I won't reveal, but some of them include, <laughs> um, we had a, a DJ collective booked. They're going to, they just spin vinyl. These guys spin like some funky oh, stuff. Man. So cool. vinyl DJs. We're having live visuals done by uh, Drippy Eye Projections, which is this Brooklyn uh, group of, of uh, guys who, who makes these um, really kind of psychedelic visuals, I guess, using oil and overhead projectors. And they actually wow. will layer like six overhead projectors together so that the light becomes very strong. And they'll have different oil fields kind of spinning and moving in these ways. They're really interesting. Dude, um, that sounds whoa. so wild. I need to look yeah. that up. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll be there. Um, we might have a 22-piece a brass band performing <laughs> at, the, yes. uh, at the party. There's, there's going to be some crazy stuff going on. But um, in any case, that party's still happening. It's unfortunately postponed. Yeah. Um, but everyone who kicks in for the GoFundMe is going to be VIP listed for that party. So that includes a couple free drinks, uh, some surprises that I, I won't go into. But uh, as a small incentive uh, yes. to to kick in, that's uh, that's part of the... Uh, and that's part of what you enjoy. So absolutely love that. I can't wait. Make, make a trip up when we when we get it going. Yeah, for I know. Sure. I was, like, I was, I was just thinking. I was like, okay, if, if, depending on when Lumography's event is, it's, it's like, you know, we're <laughs> yeah, already trying. Maybe, to... maybe we can layer them. Yeah, that would be so cool. Well, besides all this, Kyle, do you have anything like in the works, like in your mind, of like where you want to take Brooklyn Film Camera? You've obviously grown it so much since we've last talked to you. But anything else you've like kind of got your mind on? There, there's one idea that we've had. And I'll, I'll share this because I don't think we're going to do it. And maybe someone else will. <laughs> I'd, be, <laughs> I'd be very happy to see it exist in the world. Maybe I'll, I'll talk first about the, the plan to actually not grow further, which is where we've sort oh, of landed. Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. I guess I, I, we've done a lot over these past five years. And it's, it's been amazing. I feel like we've, we've built a business here that is beautiful that is it feels kind of it feels kind of finished you know we we used to the the very last part really is the film lab um that was something that you know we'd sell people cameras and sell them film and they'd say hey where do i take my film <laughs> and we'd yeah. be pointing them yeah. we'd be pointing them over there you know we'd say oh well, go to this lab or go to that lab where do you live right. go to that lab um and most of our customers here at the store live locally um, so now we can just say, hey, bring us your film. And so it's kind of this closed circuit where we're selling cameras or selling films and we can also process those films. So it feels like we've kind of done it, you know, and uh, I think it's almost this inescapable capitalist trap to want to keep, you know, well, how else do we grow? How do we get more? Yeah. Money? How do we how do we become bigger? And uh, it feels a little bit liberating to decide not to do that, to just say, well, OK, we built this thing that's that's working, you know. Um, it's not making any of us a, a ton of money, but you know, we're all doing pretty well. We, we get uh, paid decently and we're happy doing what we do. And we got a good tight team here that likes to work with each other and, and it feels good. And so we made the conscious choice to, to simply not grow anymore. We're just going to refine. So mm. we're at a state of refinement. Um, <laughs> unfortunately COVID has, you know, thrown a wrench into, you know, many of these realities, but, uh, that's the route we've chosen. So, so we're going to simply refine this project. And there are many ways to do that, um, but we're not going to grow. But I'll share my idea. Yes, <laughs> yes. Spell it. Was, you know, <laughs> our, our sort of our sort of fantasy idea that shall not be pursued. But feel free to to steal my idea, anyone out there listening. <laughs> so one idea we were kicking around with with some sincerity uh, a while ago um, is to create a, a a photo studio that's that's an, an analog photo studio only. And I think this would just be the coolest thing because mm -hmm. we. We were sort of taking stock of what we had 
And we said, well, okay, we've got a Chamonix 8x10 with a processor and many trays and great lens set, everything you want. We've got all these crazy Polaroid cameras. We've got modified uh, Polaroid cameras. We've got modified other kinds of cameras, all, all this incredibly rare stuff and really expensive gear, really nice gear. We've got seamlesses. We, we've got all this stuff. We said, wow, we could just kind of turnkey create an analog photo studio. Yeah, you know? and yeah, yeah. The idea being that you could rent it for a day, a half day, whatever, and it would come with all these cameras and it would come yeah. with uh, the knowledge of, you know, someone being there with you who could walk you through them. And OK, you want to shoot medium format? Cool. Here's here are some cameras you can do that with and here's how to use them. And I'll be here helping you if you have any problems through the way or Okay, you want to shoot eight by ten? Great, let's get it set up. I'll I'll help you with it. So that that was one uh, you know fantasy idea. Again, to not be pursued by Brooklyn Film Camera. But uh, <laughs> if anyone if anyone out there wants to give it a shot, give me an email and uh, happily advise. <laughs> Man, that's such a rad idea. I always think about Wouldn't... that because like I have so many cameras that like mm-hmm. I refuse. I'm not letting them go. It's it's <laughs> just I'm keeping them. And it's like I I was talking to. Um, she, I, I kind of forget what kind of art she does, but she wanted to do some photographs and she's like, can I rent your equipment? And I was like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. I should rent mm-hmm. my equipment. Yeah. <laughs> I could do that. Make some yeah, money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. And I was like, yeah, man, we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll get together one of these days. Yeah. That's such a rad idea, especially with everything that you guys have. I mean, mm-hmm. it really could be maybe one day, but for now, maybe yeah. One day. yeah. <laughs> now we're sticking to what we know best. Yeah. Yeah. So Kyle, can I ask you how the lab came to be? Like, did you did you get a frontier? Like, what do you? Yeah, the technicals of the lab. Yeah, so we're using uh, a Naritsu. Are we using Naritsu systems all the way through? So we have uh, Naritsu QSM V30 processors. So we have two of them. Oh wow! Um, cool. And then we're using a Naritsu HS1800 tower scanner. So that's like the the big boy. I don't know if you guys know mm-hmm. that one, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the very last of the tower models that Naritsu made. Um, this was the most expensive check uh, I've yeah. in my life was for that scanner. <laughs> oh, pretty, man. Pretty, pretty darn expensive. Um, but it is totally incredible. So we're doing, you know, really high quality scans. Our lab technician is a really talented guy named Mitchell Jackson. Um, shout out to Mitchell if he's listening. And <laughs> it's the greatest name in Brooklyn, too. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's the gear. Um, we're doing black and white by hand currently. We find that we are getting much less of that than color, and it's still something that we can, you know, uh, mm-hmm. do within our workflow just uh, by hand. And yeah, it's also also a way to to really manage quality over it. Are you guys doing all formats? Do you do like thirty five to four by five or anything, or do you kind of just keep it medium format thirty five? Or what are you guys taking in on that end? Yeah, so so right now uh, we're just doing thirty five in medium format. Um, the choice was made to do that to to just avoid to avoid a uh, large format just due to demand from our customers. So so we did a survey what people are shooting, you know, what oh, kind of processes they're looking for. Yeah, and we found I think it was something like ninety six percent of you know what people are shooting is uh, you know standard thirty five millimeter and mm-hmm. medium format. And we thought, okay, well, you know, we're not really going to compete with the pro labs out there, the people doing dip and dunk. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, the, the folks offering this, this wide range of services. So we thought to just streamline our services to be to kind of satisfy the bulk of our customers. And, you know, again, with the potential of, you know, maybe expanding to do these more niche things later. But uh, for right now, we're, we're sticking to uh, to 35 and 120. Cool. There was a film lab that closed in L.A. not too long ago, and I still haven't written the email, but I want to know what he did with his machines. Like where, where are oh, your, wow. you yep. know, like maybe I can figure out a way to 
scoop them up. I don't know. Yeah. Every time I see that, I'm just like, <laughs> what can I do to get yeah. that? Like, I, can I fit that in my two bedroom <laughs> apartment somewhere? Well, that's, yeah. that's the main. That's the main question. Where to put it? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They they are big. They're big machines. Yeah. Huge. I mean, even I think it was all the Walgreens around here were the last places to kind of dump mm-hmm. their one hour photo. Like they don't yes. do it now. Like you can still kind of like send it out through them, but I mean, nobody wants to do that. Right. through Walgreens but I was I did the same I walked in there and I was like do you guys know what you did and they're like yep yeah. some trash company came took it and no! just dumped it with all and I was like no way like wow. morons <laughs> you could have at least wow. gotten something for it or yeah. donated it like wow yeah, isn't that's it incredible a... how, how we do that you know mm-hmm. and by, by I know. me I mean society I guess just yeah. Yeah. once yeah. a certain technology is deemed you know uh, I don't know. Just once, once you kind of move beyond a certain technology, they just kind of trash everything else. Trash like, it. Well, Which is, I don't need this anymore. Just get rid of that. Which is crazy because we're we're also the people that are like get nostalgic and are like, I'm going to get a record player now. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm sure like our parents are like, this is going in the basement. I know my brother uses my dad's like whatever. I don't know what the record player lingo is for the sound thing, but my he has my dad's because my dad kept, you know, like my dad luckily yeah. didn't throw that stuff out. But yeah, it's true. People are just like, we don't need this anymore. We have digital or we don't need this anymore. We have CDs. Yeah. You, you still see it these days. I'll, you know, and, uh, one thing that I like a lot about New York City culture is there's, You'll often find a cardboard box outside someone's house that says free on it. There's just a bunch of stuff yeah. in the house. You know? <laughs> yes. And um, oftentimes you'll see just piles of CDs or piles of yeah. records. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it, it is it is funny. People still just cleansing these these old forms of media that right. are actually still pretty beautiful. Yeah, I refuse to let go of my CD collection. Like it took me yeah. a lifetime to collect. Yeah. And, and like I still just. I forget who I had somebody from work stop over here to help me move out some furni- old furniture not too long ago. And he was like, just like, what, what are those bins down there? Like, he's just asking me questions about my cameras and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's, those, that's my CD collection. And I like <laughs> pulled it out and I was like, look, these are what we used to listen to back in the day. <laughs> But yeah, we do that. It's funny that you say that about the cardboard box outside because at mm-hmm. our little complex here, we all do that. Like if it's something that oh, we really? don't want to cool. throw away, but like we'll kind of just like set it out on a nice mm-hmm. day and like write a little sign on it that says, and you'll imagine how fast like things just go. People pull into our little parking lot and like rifle through it and take whatever they want. And I love it because I hate throwing stuff away. Like it breaks yeah. my heart. Like it. Oh, agreed. But, yeah. I'm just such a pack rat, but when you have like such a tiny little apartment, it's hard to keep like everything that you want to keep. Mm-hmm. So, right. especially now, this whole COVID thing, we've been cleaning out all the closets and yep. taking stuff to Goodwill. Everything. Like, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Nice. So, Kyle, how long's your? I know, I'm assuming it's on hold right now, but your residency at the is it a museum or? Yeah, so it's the Whitney Museum of American Art. Well, uh, it was supposed to be two months, so it started in October of last year. It was meant to go. Uh, through the end of November. And what happened is we started quickly accelerating and selling out the days. We were doing yeah. Oh, wow. And so yeah. we, That's we awesome. were sold out, I, I think, for um, five or six weekends in a row. And they, they offered us an extension. And we said, yeah. And so so we we're now going until May. Um, however, Ugh. you know, obviously, uh, yeah. the, the museum itself is is totally closed. So uh, we're, we're on pause as well. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, we, we were going up until the shutdown two weeks ago uh, since October. Um, so, so it was a very durational thing and a, a really amazing practice too. We, we, we rotate it as the employees. So we rotate who, mm. you know, shoots and we, it's a two person operation. So we have a shooter 
and then we have a technician and we, we rotate both of these roles. Oh, wow. Um, and it is, it is a lot of fun. I mean, on a sold out day, we're doing one portrait every 10 minutes and this can be for an individual or for a group. And some people do crazy stuff like bring their dogs. So we had yeah. one guy. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. We, we had this one guy um, come with a whole concept and he brought this mirror and wanted the mirror placed in such a way where he would be in the reflection and his parents would be actually in the image. And it was, it's really, it's really, yeah, it was really neat. But yeah, a lot of creativity in the way of the, the people who are actually engaging us as well. But yeah, we go and it's, it's very fast paced. Um, it happens in the, the main lobby of the museum there. And there's generally a group, you know, just, just watching the spectacle of what's going on. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of fun. You're, you're sort of on stage. It's a very powerful role. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're guiding people through this experience that to, I would say most of the people there, uh, they, they've actually not had a large format, you know, picture taken before. So you're having to guide them through this experience and, you know, make them feel comfortable and make them feel, um, you know, presentable and good looking and, and then make an image of them that, that is, that is good, you know, and that, that they'll love. Um, so it's a just super exciting thing to do. Um, we've been having a lot of fun with that, man. I hope that's, I hope it's still going on when we get, when we get to go to New York, I know. because I, <laughs> yes, I've always man. wanted to be a part of an eight by 10, like peel apart mm-hmm, Polaroid. Mm-hmm, like I'm mm-hmm. just so fascinated by that, but mm-hmm. it's such a, it's such a tough thing to get into. Well, I mean, it, I guess it's not that tough to get into it. It's just like, gonna hurt the pocketbook a little bit trying to (laughs) trying to gather all the equipment we'll have to do an analog talk portrait timothy yeah that would be amazing i would love that (laughs) even uh yeah just just per sheet it's 18 dollars a picture in raw yeah just per per picture man oh i just wanted to publicly thank uh polaroid for that by the way we needed an exorbitant amount of this film uh to to pull off the residency and and they were able to produce a batch for us uh for it Uh. so that's oh, so cool. awesome. That's much, great. much gratitude to Polaroid for that. Yeah, I was wondering about that because uh, we had Devin, Devin on a couple episodes ago. Devin Belaskovich, is that mm-hmm. how you say his yeah. last name? Yeah, Devin Belaskovich. He, he was a big Polaroid 8x10 shooter for a while, and I was picking his brain about... Yeah. Because he knows about all that stuff. His his brain is just so knowledgeable sometimes, right. like the, the stuff he knows. Um, but yeah, I didn't know that they, you know, kind of ran off batches like that. Because I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if they were still making that film or if it was like, you know, that easy to do where they can just kind of run off a batch for you or something like that. Like They're still, they're still making the film. Um, from everything I understand from Polaroid directly, um, it's still made by hand. And, oh, and, wow. and, and cool. by hand, I mean, there, there's a technician operating a machine that assembles it. Okay. So it's not literally someone, you know, folding paper or something like that. Yeah. But right, right, I do right. think there, I do think there are some human elements of kind of finishing it, like maybe placing the pods. Or, I'm not entirely sure, but it's a slow process and it's a non-profitable process. So actually, right. Polaroid doesn't make money on the 8x10 film. Or if they do, they make, you know, their margins are totally negligible. But it's something they continue to do. Because it, uh, you know, it's it's almost a gift to the photographic community. Yeah, um, which is which amazing. I think is, is pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 Man, Polaroid. I'm just uh, every time I look, they're doing something different. Which yeah, is we great. saw last night. They like <laughs> they're officially just Polaroid, right? They went. They're from officially Polaroid. Polaroid. Yeah, Man, which is that's like so I, I he he I somehow missed it, and Timothy sent me a text last night, and I got like emotional. I felt like full, mm-hmm. like proud. You know, yeah. I was like. We've, they've come a long way from literally saving the medium to impossible project to like getting Polaroid originals. And then now they're just back to the name. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I was getting, 
get emotional about it. I'm proud. I'm happy for them. <laughs> Same. Yeah. It's such, <laughs> such a wild story. You know, it's a crazy kind of snake eats his own tail thing, right? It's like mm-hmm. Polaroid yeah. goes out of business. <laughs> yeah. You know, impossible project starts. They do so well. They become Polaroid originals and they become Polaroid. And it's yeah, totally wild timeline on that. Yeah. I, I mentioned, I think when we were talking to Dave Bias, I'm reading the, the book about where uh, Edwin Land, how he started Polaroid and like how mm. he had to go to to court with Kodak for their instant camera. I haven't gotten to that part of the story yet, but just That's the, right. h- yeah. how it all came to be was inc- like incredible. And to, you know, it's like in his honor that this medium was saved, I think is just even more special. So that lawsuit, I believe was the, um, I think it was a record setting lawsuit in American history. I think it was the largest settlement ever made in a corporate lawsuit at the, at the time. It was some crazy amount of money. Yeah, I can't for copyright infringement. I can't wait to get to that part of the book because they were kind of working together for a long time in the beginning of their both of them. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy to to hear. I can't wait to hear about that. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just stoked that you know Polaroid releases a new autofocus camera. I mean, yeah. that's that's and it looks yeah. really cool. Yeah, the it design does. is is amazing too. They kind of, kind of streamlined it, made mm-hmm. it uh, yeah. looks like yeah. a car from the '60s or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just stoked because I remember when the Impossible Project stuff was coming out and it was like, I was really into it and, you know, supported it. Mm-hmm. And same with Polaroid Originals. I always buy as much film as I possibly can through them because I would be absolutely devastated if, you know, we're working on expired resources like the FP3000C, you know, like all, yeah, B yeah. and all that stuff, like, because it breaks my heart just having boxes of that stuff gathering dust because I'm scared to shoot it. And I would hate to have Polaroid happen again. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like where we could just breaks my heart. I'm just glad they're doing so well. Like that's amazing. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Same. It's, it's, it's important. Yeah. Every time I go to like target and Walmart too, it's always sold out. So, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm pumped on them. Like I can never find it. And I'm always like, are you guys ever going to stock this? Or like we do twice a week and it always sells out. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like always wiped out here. That's great to hear. Yeah. yeah. We'll be right back with the listener question for Kyle right after this message from our sponsor. Support for Analog Talk also comes from Polaroid Originals. Go to PolaroidOriginals.com and use the offer code AnalogTalk10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. All right, guys, this is part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from Death of Brandon. And he would like to know, what's your favorite non-instant camera? Mm, um, I have several. Name, name them all. Great, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> I wasn't I was trying to, you know, turn it into, you know, pare it down to one. But, um, yeah, so I, I have a Nikon FM3A35. Uh, that's Ooh. my favorite SLR. Um, this is a camera that Nikon released in... Um, some outrageously late day. I think it was 2003, 2002. Oh, wow. Was, I didn't realize that. Damn. Yeah. It's the last SLR Nikon ever, ever made. Um, it is awesome. So I use that when I shoot 35 for the most part. I have an Olympus uh, stylus MJU2, um, yes. which I love. Um, I've yeah. been shooting those cameras for years. I think I won't buy another one when this one eventually dies because <laughs> the market has gone through the oh, freaking know. roof. It's insane. <laughs> I used to get them for 40 or 50 bucks, you know, and I'd, crazy. I'd, you know, break them at a party and go, oh, well, I'll just get another one. Um, and now they're, you know, 250, 350 mm-hmm. or more. Um, but I do like that camera a lot. 
Um, I got myself a, a Chamonix 4x5 uh, in December. Oh. Oh. I've been just totally in love with that camera. Like, I can't even express how much that camera rules. I'm, I'm just totally in love with it. So that would probably, if I had to pick one, that was what I was going to go with. Um, it is an awesome camera. Um, and I've got a Simar 210 uh, on it, which is just a, an amazing portrait lens. Uh, I'm totally loving that camera. Let's see. Uh, I mean, my, my land camera, my Polaroid 250 has been just dear to my heart for years now, for years and years. And it's still, Man, I've, um, I've been wanting to get my hands on one of those forever. I've, I, I keep, I still look them up every once in a while. They're still not outrageously priced right now since the film is kind of hard to get. Yeah. Oh man. Now, now's the time to get one. I mean, they're, yeah. you know, the, the yeah. film has gone through the roof and the cameras have bottomed out. Um, it's kind of bizarre. Uh, it is it is yeah the challenge will be finding affordable film for it once you get one exactly i i still have i think i have about five boxes of film left so that's i mean it'd be fun to shoot one for a while yeah i got real lucky on ebay i found somebody who i don't think they knew what they had and bought five boxes of the 3000b and then i had two boxes of the 100 and then i have some 669 laying around still that that still works i mean it's still fresh 669 is my favorite expired oh dude it's It's, yes it's amazing greens and blues really like Mm -hmm. cool tones to it yeah yeah man so i guess yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah, I that, can, that would be it. I guess yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> right, right now the four by five. If I had now to bring that, one, that, is that a that's a field? Is it like made out of wood and all that beautiful stuff? Or yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's a field camera in design. So it's a, it's a folding camera. Um, it folds up into this just beautiful little um, tiny cube. Really, when you mm. put it away, folding camera. Uh, it is made of wood, wood and uh, carbon fiber. I believe they make a lot of the components oh, wow. with, with actually custom cut carbon fiber. Yeah. Man, sweet. Sounds pretty. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, so I guess we need to make you narrow it down to the desert island. You can only choose one. <laughs> yeah. This is uh this is always a tough one for for our guests. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard you ask this question before and I now that you're posing it to me, I realize I should have thought of it more before I'm in this moment. <laughs> um well, okay, if I'm on a desert island, I'm probably not going to have access to uh, film development, right? No, the, oh, the no, island. The, yeah, it's sad. There's there's <laughs> that, a really that, good lab and yeah. film store oh, yeah, on this island. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, we've got a lab. If there's a lab, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and bring the 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 Brooklyn. I'm gonna borrow permanently for my desert island the Brooklyn film camera uh, Chamonix eight by ten. Sweet. Yeah, I think I'd have a lot of time on my hands and probably want to walk around that beautiful island and <laughs> with my tripod and you know make some some cool landscapes so i think that would be Man. the camera of choice for me sweet so so part two of the question mm-hmm. is the white whale is there anything that you've always wanted to try or haven't had a chance to pick up and you know give a give a go mm. this one always changes for me yeah. so it's i'm sure question. it's tough for you as well yeah um, you know, to be honest, it, it, it's a camera that I have used before, but, um, that I would love to be able to use more. And, mm. uh, at the time I didn't have, um, I wasn't able to get two hands on with it. So I'll reveal <laughs> the camera. So it's it the, the Polaroid 20 by 24. And there are only, oh. um, there are only, well. I think six or seven of these in the world. Um, two of them were in New York. Elsa Dorfman was the owner of one. Yep. And yeah. John Reuter and, um, 
I'm forgetting his last name, but Nafis is is also a co-owner of the 20 by 24 project. I can't believe I'm forgetting his last name right now. But um, so John and Nafis had these workshops and uh, they would sometimes contract us. This is when I was working at the Impossible Project. They would sometimes contract oh, okay. a couple of us to come over and help them with a workshop. So I did this on a couple of occasions and I was able to get hands on with the camera. Uh, I was never able to actually operate the camera myself, you know, and actually make uh, a picture with it. Yeah. But I, I, I did basically everything but that. So I would, you know, set it up and help, you know, people focus and understand it. And But yeah, I would I would love to. Uh, Man, to how cool would that, that be? Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's a totally incredible machine. Um, for folks out there listening, uh, it, well, Google search it because it's kind of wild. Um but you operate it just like any large format camera. So you're under a, a huge dark cloth. Mm-hmm. And bear in mind, this, this thing is 20 by 24 inches. Totally massive. And looking at this ground glass is, is incredible. I mean, it's I could, a oh, man. wild yeah, yeah. experience. And then, you know, you make the image and you come out from, you know, well, you've already come out from under your hood by this point. You, you take your picture and then you walk behind this camera and the bellows, you know, depending on where your focal length is, these bellows can extend to something like eight feet long. It's just crazy. Oh, wow. So Wild. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. And then you walk, you know, behind the camera and you, you get down on one knee, literally, and you pull the film out. You pull it out and kind of <laughs> you want to not touch it to the ground. Just doesn't scrape or anything. You pull it out and kind of graze the ground with it. And then you take a razor blade and you actually cut it by hand, you know, the film and you find, you know, you, we had a big table and you put it on the table and you start that timer. And just like any other peel apart film, you treat it the same. This is a, a peel apart, uh, you know, emulsion. So you time it. And man, peeling these things is like uh, oh, a religious I couldn't experience. Even <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> it is nuts. I mean, totally nuts. And uh, if you think people... You know, if you think there's a wow factor to, you know, shooting FP100C or something, you should try yeah. it on 20 mm-hmm. by 24. It's I could only imagine. freak out. Damn. Makes you want to watch Elsa Dorfman's um, documentary again now. Yeah, B-Sides yeah. is so good. <laughs> I, I still haven't seen it. Um, everyone's telling me to check it out, though. It's, I, I've got to do that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's definitely worth watching. It's it's really good. For mm. sure. Well, I'll have plenty of time on my hands over the next month. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah, have to boot that yeah. up. It's perfect time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the perfect answer to that question. Yeah, nice. for, for, for real. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle, for joining us. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It's uh, yeah, Hopefully, when we see you next, we will be able to hug. So I'm yeah, already oh just God, saying, yeah. like, my friends are going to be so sick of me hugging them because I'm just going to be like, <laughs> I just want to hug you. <laughs> so. I can't wait. Human touch is, is yes. much needed right now for all of us, I think. Mm-hmm. So where can everybody check Brooklyn Film Kyle uh, Brooklyn Film Kyle out? No. Where can everybody <laughs> check Brooklyn, Brooklyn Film Camera out, Kyle? Where can they uh, send their stuff and whatnot? Yeah, so there, there are a variety of channels to check us out. Um, the main one would be our website, which is brooklynfilmcamera.com. Uh, our film lab is nycfilmlab.com. And you can find both of those projects also on Instagram. Uh, at Brooklyn Film Camera and at NYC Film Lab. And you can read more about our Whitney residency uh, on the Whitney's page. That's WhitneyMuseum.com. Amazing. And awesome. Timothy, where are you? Guys, head over to Instagram. It's at Timothy Makeups. I also make film photography related YouTube videos. Easiest way to find it is go to the search bar, type in Timothy.makeups. You'll find a bunch of stuff over there. Chris, where are you? So I am Crispy Photo on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter, Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. And you guys know we have a Facebook page and a group. 
where you can share stuff and talk to each other and all that jazz. All that jazz. All that jazz. Kyle, thank you so much again. Hang in there. Stay safe. Um, We can't wait to see you in real life. Hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Definitely. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. First off, we want to thank Kyle for coming on the show and talking about Brooklyn Film Camera. It was great to have you back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Over there on Mondays, we release the show two days early. For even a buck, you can listen to the show for two days early. We're also doing Patreon after shows, especially with this episode. We Kyle gives us a tour of Brooklyn Film Camera and shows us the lab and the store and all kinds of fun stuff. So... We have a bunch of other stuff over there too. Just check it out. Bunch of different tiers. We're also doing a monthly Patreon special. It'll be like a little Patreon episode that only for you guys. So yeah, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Check it out. There's a bunch of stuff over there. Thanks for listening this week. And guys, we will see you next week with an all new guest. Later. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.